What's up, fam? It's Randy B. Thank you for joining Conversations with Randy B, where we chop it up about all things Black in a candid, fun, lively, intriguing, and raw way. Let's get started. Hello. <laughs> What's going on, Marshall? Whoa. How you doing? You be. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Look, look, look. I've been wanting to rap with you and like I've been wanting to share with the Randy B community about Ghana because, you know, you went, I went, you went before I did. And wow. yeah, yeah. And I'm going to tell you something that you said that has stuck with me and me and my friends, you know, I went, I went with a bunch of folks that we talked about. Like, so before you go to Ghana, what kind of feedback did you get? Because did you have to get like a lot of shots and stuff? Like, what did they tell you? Yeah, I got a lot of shots. Um, there was the pre-experience from going over there. Mm. And I was talking to a lot of my friends. Um, I was fortunate to go with a brother that I'd known for at least 30 years. And mm. he had been going for 50 years. His wife lives there. They have a hotel there. Mm. And he had been going back and forth. So he had a good layout of the city and the layout of the culture. He's very um, into African studies, um, the whole movement, Pan Am movement. And so he was positive. But some of my other friends, now they started to question me. Why would you go there? You uh-huh. know, um, you, you know, are you sure you want to do that? I'm and not so going to. Black folks, these black folks oh, yeah. saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a, yeah. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. of my main buddies are like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not safe. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm saying y'all go everywhere. Y'all go to Europe. Y'all go down to South America. You go all over the Caribbean. You know, you're always going, you know, to large cities and you're talking about your beginning, the essence of who you are. And you mean to tell me that this this frightens you? I, I got the I got the same thing. Like the majority of places I went, and these are from my brothers and sisters, were like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm about to go to Accra. And they'd say, why? And, you know, and they would never ask me that. I've been everywhere from Croatia to Bali, and I never got that question. But when it was the continent, you know, it was like, well, why would you go there? But, you know, I really and then and then, you know, that was my my peeps, my friends. But also when I, you know, w- the way I was treated, you know, by, you know, when you go get your, the CDC people, when you go get your shots, they sold me every kind of freaking thing in the world, acting like the mosquitoes were going to kill me. And, or, you know, and it was terrible. And like you said, you didn't see one mosquito. I'm like, shoot, have they been yeah. in South Carolina? It's worse. Nurse. The nurse that gave me my shot, she said, wow, oh, I saw where you're going to be staying. And that's a cute little village. And um, But you're going to need this, and we recommend this. And, and she said, just don't pet any dogs. And you're going to see all these. And <laughs> I stopped and said, wait a minute. You know, I've been to other third world countries before. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, if I can be myself. But what they led me to believe and what I experienced, thank God, was two different, totally two different, different things. Well, and first of all, Ghana is not, it's not third world, classified as third world, but they make you believe that. But, you right. know, 
like you, I did not get one mosquito bite, did not see one mosquito. And my whole crew of people, I think my friend Sonia got like one mosquito like bite. I think I'm next I'm don't make I'm not even sure about that. But I'm like, shoot, when I was growing up, we'd be coming out my um aunt's car in Charleston and have to run, you know. Right. <laughs> it was like a race. I was getting my track on hurdles and everything. <laughs> trying, the mosquito in South Carolina is our state bird. I don't know what nobody's <laughs> talking about. <laughs> so, I thought I would have malaria every summer. <laughs> So, you know, so it goes back to like what we're taught about the continent of Africa and where we're from. So I got to ask you, you know, what what is the first thing you remember learning about where you're from, where your people originated? I would say my first major experience, my father had a few pieces of artifacts in the house and mm-hmm. and I would look at, you know, like the traditional mask. So that mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a, you know elementary school kid as well but it was when roots first came out Uh oh boy (laughs) it was like the entire community was glued to the television you know we were having debates and you know some kids were scared to go to school you Uh know when 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 you know when the bar burton was toby you know they changed his name and oh my i remember my mother would go "Mm, mm, mm, I could feel the pain. And, you know, I was thinking about that, Randy. Mm -hmm. That kind of Alex Haley did us a favor to enlighten us about the journey, Mm -hmm. but a disservice in it. He didn't take it any further. Um, And, you know, O.J. Simpson was in that movie. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he, yeah, so a lot of big stars. And, and, but life, in the colonies and life in Africa, it made it seem like there was a primitive civilization and a more enlightened civilization. And I found when I went to Accra that that mm-hmm. was not true. That was, we not, had, the case. That was not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were doing, they were sailing and they were doing things and they were trading with um, going to Upper Africa, Old Europe, going to Spain, mm-hmm. going around India. You know, and so when they saw these travels, they, they didn't really fear them. You know, it was not fear. It was more or less when the Europeans started to bring conflict to the continent and get one tribe to fight another tribe and greed, just like anything, anything. It was more fighting over territory and trying to enrich their pocket. Corruption that like, can happen anywhere is what I feel actually happened, which caused this whole, um, and and the lust for money and gold and what they didn't know about the new world. So I'm a a big historian. So I wanted all my life, you know, from seeing, I felt that my story began in when we came to the Americas. Right. Well, I mean, that's what we were taught. I mean, Alex Haley, I think he did his part because it's not his responsibility because nobody else though was teaching us our history. And so, you know, today's schools, um, you know, kind of teach us that our history began with slavery and now being Black History Month, I just want to ensure that all everybody ensures that their kids and that they themselves know their history. That's why it's so important to me to visit the continent, to know that your history of slavery and to recognize 
um, how cruel it is that how we were raped of any sort of self-esteem in a way that we were taught that that that's where we began that's where we began yes and so I tell you know I told you I think my the story about my kid came home like in fourth grade and he said mom I'm so embarrassed we're talking about slavery and I'm so embarrassed and he was like one of the only black kids and I said so there was one group of people who came to a continent and stole people, kidnapped people, raped people, murdered people. And then there were the people who were living lives and were uh, successful and thriving. And they were the ones who were taken. Who do you think should be embarrassed in that scenario? And he said, well, the people who were the murderers and the kidnappers and the rapers, I said, exactly. So you go into that classroom and with, with, with pride, because there's nothing for you to be ashamed of you. I said, you are not a slave. You were, your people were enslaved. And so don't believe, so I've always had to ensure that I taught him, you know, his own history, because if you trust other people to teach your children what they should know about themselves, you, you're starting them off with a deficit. You and, know? and 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 the Americas with their chattel slavery system, which I learned further on, that there was slavery in um, South America, which was totally different from the slavery in the Americas. Mm-hmm. In Brazil, you could marry your um, your slave master and become free, mm-hmm. but that was not allowed in the Americas. Americas, the people that... Not that we wanted yeah, that anyway. Yeah. But... But but real quick, so when you went, because was this your first yes, trip it was. to the continent? It was my first trip to Africa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was not my first trip to Africa, but it was my first trip. I had been to three or four other countries, but it was my first trip to West Africa, which is you know where um, my the majority of my people are from, and most most Africans, most Black Americans are, because that's you know, where the slave trade was. Tell me how it changed you. It taught me where my story begins. Living, I've lived um, by the ocean on the East Coast the majority of my life. And I'm a, I'm a Pisces. I love to go to the water. I would go to the beach and just look out at that ocean and ponder, who are you? Where do you come from? Where does your story actually begin? I never felt my story began here. And when I went there, it made the connection for me. This is where my story is actually actually begins. It begins with the history and the culture of this land. And I instinctively made a connection the minute I put my foot on that soil. And I felt it. And I know that that sounds cliche-ish, but it really is. It was something, there's something that comes over you and you feel such a part of a group. I think what we lose in Amer- living in America is that we're always felt taught to be or treated like an outcast or that we were always the lower class system. When I got there, mm-hmm. immediately looking around, all the ladies, um, all the men, uh, at the checkout count, everybody was African. And they looked at you, mm-hmm. treated you like a man. We will never mm-hmm. get that as long as we live on this plantation. America is just one big plantation. Until you get off of the plantation and go back home, you will always feel that way. You have to break that 
you have to break that cycle. And going to any part of Africa, I believe, would give you the same feeling because I definitely wasn't enlightened when I got there. And I was ready. I, I, was. Yeah, I was ready to soak it all up. I studied the streets. I looked at the mm-hmm. the um, the power lines, the sidewalks, pedestrian pa- traffic, uh, vehicular traffic, the buildings, the structure. I looked at everything, the signage, the advertisement, the way that people conducted themselves. And I saw modern history or a modern mm-hmm. civilization and ancient mm-hmm. civilization combined. And yes, technology has reached the continent just like it has in many other places, but they use it in a different way. And it, and mm-hmm. it, it, it gives you a sense of pride like no other place I'd ever been to. No other place I'd ever been to. And that's the thing, you know, if I, if, if I think about it, and if I'm honest and, you know, I always try to be, I was ashamed and I was taught to be ashamed because, you know, when I asked you what your first memory was of Africa, my first memory was of Susan Struthers from All in the Family begging for money on, you know, we always only had like three stations back right. in the day, TV yeah. stations, and there would be these, um, African kids and it would just be Africa. They never talked like there was different countries and there would just be flies landing on them and they'd have the big eyes and the swollen bellies and um, it would be dusty. And that was Africa to me. And, and so when white kids would say, go back to Africa, it was a real threat. They could use it against me because going back to Africa meant starvation. Right. It meant the place that you didn't want to be. Right. No modern. Exactly. And so, but now if somebody said, go back to Africa, I was like, please, like, so you're going to pay for it. Like we good. Well, let me pack up all my stuff. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. Let me get my stuff. And, you know, as long as my family's there, because, you know, I left there being so incredibly proud. And then even going there, and even though I had been to Eastern Africa and Northern Africa, I still, when I went over to West Africa, it brought it I was still blown away just by how modern and wonderful and, and just beautiful it was. You know, you're on one moment, you're on the water and you're seeing palm trees and, be, you know, you're on this beautiful beach and you could be in Miami and the next minute I'm in a, a nightclub that's four stories and the next minute I'm getting five-star service at a restaurant. And is there poverty? Of course. But the thing is, I tell people, I've been, you know, my mom was a, a French professor. She was one of those black people who ran away from America because she was tired of being treated so poorly. And, um, so I went to, you know, got to go to France back a lot. And I'm like, there's so much poverty in France. You know, right. they don't talk about the poverty. They don't talk about the poverty in, like, in the Ireland. I mean, yeah, there's poverty, poverty everywhere. And I, poverty in America. Skid Row. Come on now. Yeah. Come on now. Preach. Yeah. West Virginia. And, but, you know. You know but they never talk they never and west they never talk about that and they make it seem like africa is the most desolate destitute place in the absolute in the world um and and, and what is amazing when you go there when you see how not just of course you know we were stolen which is just you know the biggest holocaust that's ever existed on this planet but you know diamonds were stolen oil was stolen I mean, our best things were stolen and that we still make it in spite of is 
you know, struck me. Did you go to the Du Bois Museum? Yes, I did. Yeah. Went to the Du Bois, Bois Museum. And um, I, again, went through the entire history, um, you know, but he came so late in his life to write the manuscript for the yeah. country. And it was when they got their independence and they're trying, you know, because they had been colonized also. They didn't go through yeah. exactly what we went through, but they went through a whole type oh, no. of suffering. And um, knowing that. But did you notice, though, from the museum, like, it was so sad. There were things taped to the wall. Right. I mean, and, and, and you know, and I said, here we are. This is our history. Our history. But you go to museums across the world, you know, in Europe and America, and they have our history that they've stolen and gotten for free. And here we are, you know, where, you know, Dubois came to live later in life. And they're having to like, they had photocopies of things. They didn't have the originals right. because the originals are in, you know, and, and so they stole it from yeah, us. Take it somewhere else, and yeah. So, but the fact that they're still trying to make it, I mean, that they're still trying to have a museum and honor people um, that, you know, it reminded me of that first scene in um, Black Panther. You know, right. where, yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was just so deep to me how much we've come from. Like, okay, so I'm sorry, you know, I still have so much I want to talk about. What was your most, what would, what would you say if you, if anybody were going to Ghana tomorrow, what would you say they had to see? What, what was just wow. major for you? Whew. Um, I'm going to say Cape Coast. That was moving. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, visited a school and it was an mm-hmm. urban school but the, mm-hmm. to get to know guy and people how humble mm-hmm. how intelligent how motivated they are to succeed in life I might not get to see it but I feel like King I believe these people will get there they have their independence um, mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw so much potential for growth and development. I want to see Ghana one day and West Africa take its rightful place in the world. You know, we have a tendency to, yes. to, to you know, to exclude that part of the world when we talk about, you know, world this and world that. But it is. And, mm-hmm. and the agriculture, the the industry that, that's possible, they don't have that fear. We, we as Americans, African-Americans, have so much fear in our life. We got to overcome all this. I didn't see that in those kids' mm-hmm. eyes. I saw when they looked at me and said, where is this man from? I want to get there, and I want to learn to be like that. You know, I want, to, I want to, to explore. You know, they wanted to get out of Accra and see the world and then come back and make their lives better. You know, the... Um, there's nothing wrong with trade. That's deep, though. No, what you said is deep. You know, when you say that you see fear in the eyes of Black American children and you don't see that same fear it, when you go to countries in yeah, Africa. When, yeah, when I, yeah. I mean, that is, that is deep because if we're fearful, how well can we ever accomplish things in America? I mean, what, you know, are we still enslaved in some well, ways 
I mean, could you see yeah. that? I could see any one of those kids. We are fortunate in this country, you know, that we, you know, we develop power and there is technology that, that uh, but if you think of any immigrant that comes to this country, you know why they do so well? Because they don't have that fear that we have of failure. When they come here, they don't speak the language. They don't know the culture. Mm -hmm. And all they do is they go to work. Well, that's what I saw in those children. All they wanted to do was go to work. And they're not, they're, no part of their brain was worried about what people thought of them. When they. Well, they weren't taught. They weren't taught to think that black is bad. Right. I mean, they were never taught if everyone else around you is looks like you. The first thing when we go, never were I, they taught. The first thing when we go somewhere, we got to prove that we have a right to be there, you know, and we give ourselves these Absolutely. accolades. I don't want to be the first black anymore. I want to be the first person that is black. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't label me and say, mm -hmm. well, you know, um, well, this is the first black to go to this. No, I want to be the first person because. We are not in competition to be the first black that's and give us these little secondhand prizes. We are capable of being the first in technology and science in medicine in any field in the world. Okay. And that's what I saw in those children's eyes that I didn't even have in my eye because they they had heart and determination. And you can see it. You can see it. Yeah, dirt floors. Yeah, um, um, open roofs, open classrooms, but they were studying and they were obedient and they were listening and they were gobbling up all that information these teachers had to give them with such eagerness. Um, we talk about, you know, you know, uh, Asian kids and how they, you know, so good. Man. I saw the same determination in those kids' eyes that when I go to schools here in America, I don't see. There was no foolishness. There was no playing around. I saw the most, the lowest that you could, I mean, they didn't have a door on the classroom. Like I said, they had a, um, there was no kitchen or cafeteria. There was just a bag of rice and a pot to cook it in. But I saw mm. so much potential in these kids' eyes. It was incredible. And I well, well, they thought they, but they've been taught that they can make it. And that's, and that's, that's the big difference is that they've been taught. So, it's just interesting to me how we're taught something different here in America. Yes. Um, which I want to, you, you did mention Cape Coast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for people don't, that don't know, you know, before when we were enslaved, and we, you know, once we were kidnapped, we were taken to these castles. And there's over, I think, 30 in Ghana right. alone. Right. And so Cape Coast is one of the most uh, well-known ones. Um, that place was life changing. Um, that place was—I mean, I will never get over how I felt knowing where so many of my ancestors perished, and I don't think anyone could understand the devastate. I mean, I, 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 the cruelty. There are no words. I, I, I can't even describe it. And the only way I was telling people, you know, you go down to the one, one of the dungeons because you know they had a very elaborate way to you know punish our people and I said you know here we are all these centuries you know later and because our people had to stay there they had to eat there live there be chained to the wall there the floor it's the it's all of our defecation it's that thick still because our people 
And so when you're walking on the floor, you're walking to where our people were suffering and where they died and where it's the bricks are covered because it's just, you're walking on our defecation. Like that's how bad it is. I thought that I seen suffering when I go visit plantations here in the South and I'm, you know, visit many mm-hmm. plantations in the South. But I mm-hmm. did not know suffering until I saw the dungeons. Right. They were broken down to just the basic. Um, you're just trying to survive through the day just to mm-hmm. live. When mm-hmm. we were here, we were somewhat, you know, you could breathe fresh air. There you were stuffed mm-hmm. in a hole like a coffin and you would just yep. wait. Death was the blessing. And you could feel it from the wow. minute you went down in that dungeon. It was the most horrific experience I'd ever experienced in my life. And I will never, ever forget how horrible that was. It, I could feel the spirits. Like I, I was telling you, I felt the spirits on me suffering. And I, and I could just, I closed my eyes and just tried to imagine you know, being in this hole with th- with a thousand other men, because the men and the women were separated, and they're all just dying around you. They are fighting for a drop of water that you could put on your fingertip and just just to quench that thirst. That might have bought you another two hours of life. That and the reason oh, they absolutely. did it. The reason they did it, and I asked the guy, why so harsh? Why, if we were valuable and they were going to buy us, but he said, because there were only 40 or 50 soldiers and you had a thousand men and you had to make that man as weak as possible so that you could control yes. him. You had to make, you had to take him almost near death. They, you were, they were, when they went on that ships, they didn't go dancing. They were near death when they went on. Oh, and most and most people die. Yeah. I mean, most people even you know they die. That's you know that's what people you know. I, I explained to my sons. I said, "Look, you are superhuman." I said, first of all, um, you know when the the, the kidnappers um, picked the very best of us to use, right? They put them in these dungeons, um, and and let me just also add, you know, the women, you know, they had the hole when even in the dungeon, when the women wouldn't allow themselves to be raped, they were thrown down this hole, you know, and the, and so most people died. And then when they survived that, they then had to make this transatlantic, you know, journey where most people died. So by the time you get the people who actually survived, those are your ancestors, superhuman. superhuman. I mean, because I, don't, I, I, I still to this I still to this day, you know, because people were, you know, had to eat and sleep and use the bathroom and, you know, live next to people who had died. The, you know, the, the amount of um, disease that people were exposed to, they said it was unimaginable so that people could live throughout all this is you really it really doesn't make scientific sense. How we survive. Um, yeah. So I try to tell my kids, you know, we have overcome so much, you know, because we're just if I didn't get anything else and if I don't want people to get anything else, it's just to show just how what a strong people that we are. Um, and what's amazing, so, Randy? What's amazing? Uh-huh. That sounds like a horrible uh-huh. place to go. And like, why would you want to go visit that place? Because it yeah, teaches you 
it teaches you to humble yourself and to appreciate why you are here, what your responsibility, that someone not, you know, when we look at the civil rights moment, you know, and they were sick and doggones and shooting us with wire holes and we had to sit at the back. Of, that was nothing. That was nothing yeah. that compared to the African getting here. That was a cake. That, no, that was really nothing. That was nothing. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the, 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 to know what you came from, what, what you're capable of, what you've already overcome, and the greatness from which you come, and the greatness that still exists, and the fact that you have a home. Because I do believe that, you know, that hyphen between our names, uh, you know, African-American or Black American, yeah. I do believe that a lot of Black Americans would say, that they never have felt 100% at home here. Just the simple fact that people, including the president of the United States, have told black people they can leave if they don't like it. Well, they've told people, well, he's told several people that as if, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't tell people when it's their home, you could leave if you want. That means that you think that it's yours and the other people are visitors. And so it is, there's something settling when you recognize that one, you have a home. Because that's how I was treated. I was so embraced when I was there. Um, and two, you have a home that you can be proud of. I think that's very healing to souls. And even when we didn't even know our souls needed healing. Exactly. You think about it. Their ancestors may have come as indentured servants, but they were riding on the ships. They were eating square meals. They came. Oh, I, yeah. I don't even want to hear about that. Yeah, that yeah. It's nothing yeah. compared to what. I mean, not that and, compared to what we went through. I mean, they always try to say, oh, we went through the same things or, oh, you know, black people. So people, I mean, all of that just to try to denounce what we went through, which they actually do when you are, you know, at the castles, they still try to make slavery seem halfway are people humane. being enslaved? Yeah, halfway humane. humane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it was um, not. Which is ridiculous. It was not. No, but it was not. And we survived. It was not, so, and you survived all of that, yes. and your DNA all of survived all of that. So that means that yep. you have, like you said, superhuman DNA in your body that gives you the ability yep. to, to rule the world. You know, we rule the world. To rule, we rule. No, we should absolutely. We yeah, we absolutely have it in us. Well, I just, I mean, I guess we're both saying to people, if if ever, 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 you can, if you're able to, to go. Would you say that's your bottom line? I would say, and I tell every brother and sister that I encounter through my life from here on since I got back, I said, y'all, mm -hmm. do yourself a favor. I know you love going to Bahamas and taking a cruise. But save your coins and go to Africa. It will free your soul. Free your soul. That's it, brother. We'll leave it right there. <laughs> Thanks for talking to me and the Randy B community. All right. Thank you, Randy B. Uh, <laughs> Be blessed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's a wrap, fam, with this episode of Conversations with Randy B. We will chat with you next time. In the meantime, you can find me at randyb.net, randy underscore underscore b on Instagram, or randy b on Facebook. Catch up with you later. Take care until then.